Hello everyone and welcome to your NARSA weekly update for the week commencing Monday the 9th of October 2023. It's Gary here again and I would like to start by wishing all of my Canadian brothers and sisters and blue noses a very happy Thanksgiving. Now this is a point where you say something that you're thankful for and I'm thankful for Rangers finally getting a win and making us just a little bit happier than we might have been had the result not gone our way yesterday. Oh man, what what a whirlwind week we endured. And I think I've said that more than my fair share of times over this, certainly over this season um, anyway. And, you know, we are indeed kind of back in the thick of things in terms of drama surrounding a club and, and this particular drama of course is the manager search and and depending on where you read or where you get your information from it does appear that the club leadership within the hierarchy of the club are interviewing some potential candidates this week and depending on how those go I imagine we'll be in a at the very least a more educated place um, but as the international break progresses uh, to see where we're going to be in terms of the actual search I was I was chatting with a pal of mine, my colleague pal of mine earlier today who was asking who I thought my pick would be and I said in, in my living memory and I, maybe I'd have to go back a wee bit more or I don't know that I cared too much about that sort of stuff when I was younger but I'd said this is the first time that I think I can remember that there's just no preferred candidate for me, you know, truly there's not, I honestly can't think of anyone that I know, you know, not personally, of course, who would who would get me even moderately excited. And that seems to be a little bit of the vibe within, within the Rangers' um, support as well. I then went on to say to him, as long as it isn't McInnes, because I just can't fathom that fella being in the hot seat for us at all. I don't mean to start on a negative, but I would really, really prefer it if it wasn't him. When he was supposed to come last time from, from Aberdeen, it wasn't my preferred candidate, but I started to get kind of used to the idea of saying, right, you know what, this guy knows how to win games domestically. And if we, that's what we need to start doing because the rest of it doesn't matter if we don't win domestically. But then when all that whole mess was ensued of, of him essentially just bottling out of it at the last minute and saying I'm not going to go he doesn't deserve another chance in, in my opinion um, different if he said look I just can't make it it's not the right time for me and my family or my career or whatever but to just at the last minute pull the pin not cool that's not the Rangers way at all so yeah other than that but someone was saying on the weekend I can't remember who it was maybe it was Brian uh, Campbell I can't remember that the St Mirren manager Stephen Robinson was, was a potential candidate or certainly been talked about domestically as one of the potential candidates and and you know and I think that for me there's a couple of things you know or maybe three I guess we know him that's a thing two he knows us and three, he knows the domestic game and it might be an easier transition as a result of that. Does it get us excited? Nope, not really. Um, does it give us someone in place who can kind of, you know, as seamlessly as possible transition in without having to look for a house and for a school for his kids and all that sort of thing? Possibly. I don't know if that's a, if that's a big factor or not. The other ones that are um, seriously in the frame, you'll know this by now anyway, is, is the Belgian Philippe Clement. Uh, Kevin Muscat, who's over in, in Japan right now, 
and the, the is it Oliver Glasner? I'm not exactly sure how, how to pronounce that last name, but that was a fellow who was in charge of Eintracht Frankfurt when they beat us in the Europa League final last year as well. Don't know how true those things are or not, but I don't know. It was confirmed by the club last week that Frank Lampard is ruled out of the running again, which I thought was interesting for anybody who listened last week. You'll you'll have you'll have seen what I'd said about. Or sorry, not seen. Of course, you'd have heard what I said. <clears throat> excuse me, about about Frank Lampard and, you know, he didn't get a good ride of it in, in the, either of the premiership jobs that he had down south there, just the clubs were a mess. I don't think Rangers are in that position. We're not where we want to be right now, but it might have been a wee bit different to see him come in in, in a bit of a more stable environment. But I don't know if Rangers ruled him out of the running or he ruled himself out of the running, but he's, he's history as far as that goes. It's a bit of a strange one for me because when Gio came in, couple of years ago that was exciting because we know him and we know his pedigree and he knows us and there was just that affinity already there and, and honestly it was the same for Michael Beale and um, when he came in you know he knew us as we talked about before you know he was the brains behind the Gerard era and stuff that's obviously proven not to be the case but then when you've got affinity when you've got history and background and, and you're actually supportive of the person 11 months and 10 months respectively that's what both of them lasted. So, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't envy the club, let me just say that. There might be potentially a wee surprise in the offing, but quite honestly, after the past two years, I have no real expectations that the board can get this right now. And that's just not a, a lack of confidence in them as people or their want or need to get this right or the passion for the club or anything. It's just historical information and evidence. They haven't got it right um, this, this past two appointments. And... You know, third time's a charm. Maybe it is. Uh, they, they do need help and support from professionals who do this type and style of recruitment. I can't imagine in the football industry there isn't like a an executive recruitment organisation that says, right, listen, what is it you're looking for? What do you need? Give us some of the, you know, the, the, the nuances of your club, where you're at right now, what you need in the short, medium and long term. And then and maybe going a wee bit more of a science-based approach rather than sort of recognition of the person or some sort of heart-based approach something like that uh, it was mentioned on the heart and hand daily update today that the club are consulting with football people that would be an in inverted commas football people uh, with graham Sunis, my good friend being one of them so hopefully that means that that we might have a wee bit more of an appropriate appointment as we go forward and even if it's something you know we need we need to stabilize things we need to get things organized for the next two years three years something like that and we're not asking for a marriage to last forever or anything, but just something that would get us on a, an even footing, get us winning domestic games again, get us competing for domestic cups, and hopefully represent ourselves properly in Europe. I mean, that's a kind of short-term thing that I would be looking at, and then we could just build on that from there with some sort of succession planning or something like that. What do I know? I'm just sitting here in Leo's bedroom recording a podcast on a Monday. What's this Monday afternoon? That's a wee bit earlier today. It's definitely not an easy thing to do, folks, and. For anyone who's recruited anyone in the past, you know how difficult it is. I was actually saying to someone in my work last week there that um, recruiting someone is like going to, over here we say Home Depot, but back home it'd be B&Q or something like that, you know, where you go there, you're looking for paint for the living room or whatever it is, you see an inch square of a colour, you're like, that's the colour I need. You take it home, you paint the wall, the missus comes in and goes, what the hell is this? And you go, that's what you asked for, sweetheart. And she's like, that's not what I want, get that changed. 
that's the sort of like you're just getting such a small purview into the person into their ability to connect into their ability to get results and their ability to rally the troops and things like that as well so it's not an easy job for someone but um, it's not a, it's not a, um, an absolute disaster of a job either so hopefully we get the right person in at the right time here's some fun facts before I get to the game segment, you can tell I'm trying to delay the game segment, can't you? Is that uh, among permanent Rangers managers, not the, the folks that have kind of filled in, and as I think I mentioned last week, I think Michael B was the 18th permanent manager, um, but among the permanent managers, only Pedro Cachinha and Paul Le Guin had shorter reigns at the club than Michael Beale. And then hot on the heels of Michael Beale would have been Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. So this is... This is all within our lifetime, folks, you know, and, and you know, the, the Cachinha one is within this current generation, like when obviously a wee bit a wee bit earlier than that, but look how that worked out for us when Walter came back. So yeah, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know how it's gonna go, but it's exciting times and, and we'll see how things pan out over the next few while. Game segment for this week. Two games this past week. One was was good and the other not so much, as in once again an unmitigated a disaster and unfortunately this week we need to start with the disastrous one and that was Thursday's 2-1 away defeat to Aris Limassol <laughs> I got a text from a guy over here after the game saying and I won't say exactly what he said but he's what the F is an Aris Limassol when he's seen the result and I was like yeah exactly exactly and that was in our second group game in the Europa League of course and you know there was already a real cloud over, over the entire club heading into the game and unfortunately the squad didn't do a single thing. In fact, actually, I think we went backwards in that game uh, to lift the mood in any way whatsoever. The whole entire game was just a disaster, wasn't it? And I tried to refresh myself today with the, with the highlights, and the highlights were just as bad <laughs> as well. So I, I laugh out of sheer frustration, and uh, if I didn't laugh, what else would I do, you know? Positives, there weren't many at all, were there? You know, I think... The only positives that I could think of would be Nico Raskin coming back, um, Abdullah Sima getting yet another goal. This guy's a goal machine for us right now. Ross McCausland getting some game time, um, which bode well for for the game yesterday, and and the new third kit. I thought that th- I thought the kit was pretty snazzy on on the players as well. So other than that, I have to get to the negatives now. <sighs> the overall performance and result were just absolutely awful. It was just a a picture postcard of where the team, where the squad are at right now. And I don't m- mean that in a positive way. Like one one thing um, I don't subscribe to is it truly is all the berating of our players and in particular our senior players. I've, I've never really got the rationale behind that dead, honestly. You know, like did the old guard have a bad game? Yes, of course they had a bad game. Did the old guard make some mistakes that they're, that they're becoming renowned for right now? Yes, Absolutely. They did are the old guard better than who their potential replacements from the squad would be? I don't know. That's kind of debatable, isn't it? So yes, we, we have a ton of injuries and, and not a lot of stability in certain areas of the team. But based on current availability, I mean, who would be better than Tav at right back, especially after yesterday? You know, it's so it's almost like he has a dip, and then he has one of those games. I'm not saying he was exceptional yesterday, but the two goals, you know, that's what we'll remember, especially the second one. Holy moly. Um, who's better than Connor Goldson at centre back? Who's better than Barisic at left back? You know, we're just we're just starting to see Redvan and see the difference he can make. You know, who's better than Lundstrom at the holding midfielder with the current squad right now? Don't get me wrong, you know, just because they're not doing what we need them to do right now, I just 
I just don't think the replacements would be any better and maybe it's not the most fair thing to, to bring these folks in to this because I don't know, I truly don't know that there would be an upgrade in what we've got right now and the season isn't completely, utterly lost as well so you can you can justify what Stephen Davis is doing and picking a lot of the same sort of stuff and we'll see what happens when the new manager comes in you can almost justify what Michael Beale did in his last you know four, five, six games uh, but as I said before he was kind of done in our mind with the benefit of hindsight of course he was kind of done in our mind after the, the old firm game there but uh, I don't know anyway but I think I've said I think I've said this kind of twice in the past couple of years now but a new manager We'll be inheriting a club with a hell of a lot to play for this season. We've got a domestic semi-final to look forward to. We've got a real chance at European football after Christmas. I mean, after two games, each of the teams, each of the teams have three points, so it's not a disaster. You know, we're still in with a chance of the domestic lead. You know, I wouldn't have said that if yesterday's result hadn't gone the way that it had, of course. And we've still got the Scottish Cup yet to come, so it's not an absolute mess from top to bottom. I don't know if that becomes a bit of a sales pitch from the club or something that's a bit more attractive to certain people to, to think that there is still that possibility as, as we go forward here. We're just not as good as we want to be right now. I think that's really the, the truest statement and hopefully the appointment of a new manager will bring an actual football philosophy, some personality, some passion, some affinity you know, with the team, with the staff, and, and of course, that whole thing manifests itself into better times ahead. Anyway, that's that's my negatives, you know, I just, I, I don't know that we have anything better there right now. In terms of stats from this particular game, 67% possession we had, and both teams had eight shots on target, sorry, eight shots on goal, four four shots on target apiece. Um, I felt their shots... Or their, their chances were better than ours, quite honestly. But uh, yeah, the result is the result. On the referee watch, I don't even remember this guy. I think he booked three of their players, two of our players. So he'll get the standard 7 out of 10. There's no point in belabouring this game anymore. Our second game, of course, was yesterday's 3-0 away win in the most beautiful town in Europe. Um, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say Europe anymore after Brexit, but let's just say that anyway. And that's for everyone who knows, Paisley. And... I have to be dead honest. I thought St Murren were going to come out the, the traps absolutely flying and really have a go at us, but that's just it just didn't transpire like that, did it? And the, and the first half was very, very comfortable for us. And, and of course, we went ahead from a James Tavernier penalty after the, the handball and red card for the St Murren player. And, and we had a couple of chances in the first half to extend the lead goal. He had two brilliant saves, actually. Um, but, you know, and fair play to him for that. Um, so 1 0 at half time. I don't know, I, I was kind of ambivalent to the whole thing, I wasn't getting too up or too down because of the way things have went over the last wee while, but I wasn't feeling in a whole bunch of danger at half time, and I thought the second half was quite routine, and when you go away to a team who are higher in the league than, than you are, despite it doesn't matter where, where in the season you're at, who are unbeaten domestically, and probably for this game who were classed as the favourites, you're kind of expecting a wee bit more from them, aren't you? I was, anyway. And and I was expecting kind of like a, you know, Kilmarnock away or Hibs away type of performance. But, like, in the benefit, with the benefit of hindsight, seeing how the game panned out, they, I, I kind of think they bottled it a wee bit. And I think it was Brian said yesterday, well, you know, Stephen Robinson was doing that just because he doesn't want to be too far behind when he takes over. <laughs> and, hey, by the way, you never know, stranger things have happened. I don't know, I don't know. 
positives. The result of, of, of the game for sure, the two goals from James Tavernier, especially the second one, as I mentioned earlier there, was an absolute peach. His first shot looked decent enough, got blocked, and the second one, a rocket from just inside the box. Um, the move and finish for, for Sima's goal, I thought was great. Another goal for Sima, I think. Is that 10 goals for the season? Eight goals domestically? Something like that he's got? I mean, that's a that's a good find for a guy that sometimes looks like he's never played football in his life, like with the gangly legs and the, the ball going out and all that sort of thing. It's a fantastic return, so good for him. Uh, the control and composure of, of uh, and I guess we could call it game management, uh, for, for the entire from the entire squad, everybody who made it onto the pitch, I thought it was I thought that was terrific and the fact that St Mirren didn't register a single shot on target in the entire game is telling as well. Zach Lovelace was brilliant when he was on and then until unfortunately had to go off. And I have to say, I watched the replay of that, I don't know, half a dozen times, however many times it was put on Rangers TV, and I still can't exactly see what happened. You know, how he ended up damaging his, his hamstring. I thought it might have been a dead leg or, or something like that. I'm not a medical professional, of course, but it just seemed like an odd one. And hopefully he's not out for too, too long. And then, of course, once again, Ross McCausland uh, getting uh, getting some more game time and he he acquitted himself very well in the game as well. Negatives. From the actual game, there weren't really any. Uh, honestly, it was, it was a clinical effort. It was efficient. And it's just a hell of a shame that the club is in the position that we're in right now and searching for what will be your fourth manager in less than two years. That kind of just sums it all up, really, doesn't it? In terms of statistics, 69% possession. We had 10 shots on goal, eight on target. They had one shot on goal, zero on target, as I mentioned. I mean, that's dominating, really. It truly is. On the referee watch, Nick Walsh, I think at the time I was kind of surprised when he came over. When he looked at it, it was a definite penalty. You could see that. But when the red card accompanied the penalty, I, I was kind of like, well, that's, that's odd. I think he's done us a wee bit of a favour there. I certainly wasn't complaining. But yeah, in hindsight, he was absolutely following the, the letter of the law. So there was no qualms about that. I know the player was a bit disjointed and so was the manager as well. But that's just the rules, gents, and just have to get over that. Overall... Uh, you know, we did well enough, and um, uh, sorry, uh, Nick Walsh did well enough, I should say. And he'll, he's, I'm actually going to give him an eight out of ten for for you know actually educating us and saying this is actually the rules. If it's a handball in the box that denies a clear goal scoring opportunity, it's a penalty and a red card. Here you go, disappear. So he gets an eight for that one. In terms of games for this week, none uh, this week, and I have to say, kind of thank. Thank goodness for that. You know, a wee bit puffed out uh, with Rangers right now. Um, so we, as we reach the, the second international break, um, this one really couldn't come quickly enough after what had happened uh, in between the, the last, actually from before the last international break to now, you know, just with the roller coaster up and downness of our of our season thus far. So, so no domestic games for Rangers this week and that's okay. For Rangers TV, we'll try and do, I actually said this in the last break as well, didn't I? We'll, we'll try and get all the RTV questions uh, done and dusted and answered as we go forward. In terms of shout-outs, I actually don't have any for uh, for this week. Actually, not none that were provided that were absolutely Rangers related, but I do, I do and I did want to and pass out our NASA's sincere condolences at the passing of Sir Alex Ferguson's wife, Lady Cathy, and she'd passed away last week there. I didn't even know um, she was she was ill, I have to say, and um, and I know how much of a rock, how, how much of a foundation that she's been uh, for him through his entire career. You know, I don't think if it was um, for that stability at home that he would have been able to dedicate himself and, and accomplish as much as he accomplished in his career as well. So it's very sad. Leo and I watched the, I don't know if you've seen the David Beckham 
documentary on on Netflix that came out just last week there, and we watched that. I thought it was brilliantly done, and it was great to see a whole bunch of stuff. Some of it I'd forgotten. I'd forgotten that he'd played with PSG at the end of his career, and I was a, I was a Beckham fan, and. Uh, but a whole bunch of stuff. Good to see some of the, the behind the scenes stuff as well. Some of the stuff that he put up with as well. But then when Sir Alex came onto the screen, I was I was looking at him like, oh boy, you know, man, he's he's getting he's getting up there in years and and stuff like that now as well. You know, and, and noticed that a wee bit at uh, Walter's funeral um, last year, but uh, a couple of years ago, I guess uh, now. But yeah, it was. Um, it was, it was good, you know, so I mean, I guess if everyone gets older, that's, that's, that's the thing. But anyway, on behalf of everyone at NARSA, I'd just like to pass on our sincere, sincere condolences to Sir Alex and his family and friends as well. In terms of the convention update, of course, there's no countdown for NASA 2024 and not a real whole bunch of progress to report on the 2025 effort. I think I mentioned last week that the folks that we dealt with with Experience Kissing Me and with the club as well, just by fluke happened to be out of town. Uh, the folks at the club were on holiday, not together. And the folks at Experience Kissing Me were over in, I believe in the UK, because the Jacksonville Jaguars had a couple of games at Wembley for the NFL season. And there's a bit of an affiliation with Kissing Me and the, that sort of thing. I'm not exactly sure how what the whole kind of spider web of network looks like there, but they were unavailable anyway. So we haven't had a chance to get rid of the table and figure out what we're doing uh, next. One thing, I don't know, since we're on a downer and since there's not a lot of content this week, I did want to talk about was the, the reaction online to our uh, unfortunate cancellation of NASA 2024. On the whole, Rangers fans were absolutely blue noses through and through. 99.9% .9 were, were positive, were appreciative and, and very, very supportive um, of that. Then you add in the odd complete wingnut who just uses their social media platforms or accounts to effectively embarrass themselves and, and throw completely wholly inaccurate garbage our way. Now, the professional coach in me knows it's not about us, it's not about NASA, it's not about Gary or anything like that, and they're just using this outlet as a reaction to something else that's going on in their life, but that doesn't make it any easier to read because these clowns are basically disrespecting the efforts of everyone involved in the, in the organisation process. And, and I just can't take that level of inadequate thinking. It, it really frustrates me. Should there be... A, here's my thing for social media. Once I make it big in the world and I take over, I do an Elon Musk or something like that, I'm going to put a rule in. If you post something that's just stupid on social media, you're going to get suspended or sin binned or something. We'll call it something at that particular time. That's what I'd like to do anyway, but uh, I, that's why I'm not on social media that much, apart from LinkedIn. I do like it over in LinkedIn uh, there, but I don't know. If you don't have anything nice to say, why don't you just keep your trap shut? Keep your fingers away from your device and keep your nonsense to yourself. But let's focus on the positive part of that. 99.9% .9 of folks were very appreciative, very understanding of, of what we did and what we had to do. And, you know, while disappointed as we all are, you know, uh, seem to appreciate and understand um, what had happened and why we got to where we got to. In terms of communication, not a whole lot for this week, uh, folks. The the Jers Guide, the Rangers did publish it today, but there's there's literally nothing on there. It's just a wee bit of an advert of things that are happening on Rangers TV because it's the international break. The one thing that, that we do have is a Scottish Power Women's League game at Ibrox uh, this coming Sunday, and that's Rangers against Hibs. So if you're desperate for... Uh, be a bit of a Rangers fix uh, between now and then. You can go along to Ibrox and cheer on 
the, the women's team who are lighting it up they had another great 6-0 result yesterday and are, are kind of flying high there so that's that's good to see um, I did talk last time about uh, trying to get the tickets for the evening with Barry Ferguson and Alec McLeish so that's coming up oh actually that's coming up here this weekend I've got a quick call with Greg Marshall tomorrow morning just a very super quick catch up so I will see if I can prime him for that because you might remember from last week the five stars had said we need to ask the club for that so it wasn't quite within their complete span of control at that particular point and we do still have the two tickets for the Heart and Hand live show uh, which is occurring of course December 1st so we have a wee bit of time on that one we'll get we'll get going on that um, over the next wee while and see what we can get that'll be something we'll just do on our social media it's just a wee bit easier to organize on our social media channels the very last thing that I wanted to talk about for today was I was mentioning the charity ball last week and I had said to the charity ball you get fat like I was just trying to donate you know just to wee bit of advertising but to support a, a cause that I, I dearly love and is very close to to the football club's heart as well which is the Rangers Charity Foundation and I donated or I, I said I would donate five hours of coaching from Gary Gillen coaching and and it kind of fell on <laughs> kind of fell on deaf ears you know and I was kind of like oh, okay and then when I looked at the page it's all they're looking for like a weekend away at Duck Bay Marina or Centre Parks or whatever it is I don't even know where the places are back home anymore but um, I did actually get a reply from Alison Forsyth who had, who had messaged about it and she says thank you very much that would be fantastic can you just send over something that we can give to the successful um, person on the night as well so I am in folks Gary Gillen coaching has arrived and hopefully the name will be read out at the charity ball and that will be the start of this fantastic career then I can eventually buy Rangers and then I can make all of our problems go away because we will have sustained success every single season as soon as I take over folks that's the plan so help support it and we'll go from there but all of <laughs> all of that to say uh, truly if you have something that you think would be a good gift for a silent auction or a raffle or something like that I think it doesn't matter where you are in the world that the Charity Foundation would be certainly more than, than happy to hear from you so I got in and you know hopefully you could too as well especially if you like to advertise a product service or something like that that you have on the go Okay, folks, that will do it for this week. As always, I'd like to take this opportunity to thank you very, very much for taking the time to listen and please do share it with anybody that you think might enjoy it. Until next week, let's hope for a new manager. I don't know if that will happen quite so quickly. You never know. And a new wind of change, a genuine wind of change for our club. I'm, I'm kind of biased, but I think we absolutely 100% deserve it so until next week please do take care of yourselves folks okay cheerio now